Between Games, supporting community sport. Proudly brought to you by Gibsport. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of Between Games. Today we'll be talking partnerships versus sponsorship and as always I'm joined by Dave Roberts. Welcome to you Dave. G'day Chris, it's uh, great to be here again and really excited about today and catching up with uh, the Richmond Footy Club. And Simon Derrick, the General Manager of Commercial Operations and Marketing. Um, should be a good episode. Should be great. I think um, sponsorship, partnerships, those type of things are really important for our local clubs. And I think uh, certainly we've heard Simon speak before, so he's got some great insight into to that sort of area. And you've been in that position at Clubland where you've looked after sponsorship. And, and can you tell us a bit of your own experience of the do's and don'ts? Oh, look, it's, it's really tough, Chris. I think, um, you know, as we'll hear from Simon, it's about building partnerships and certainly from uh, my point of view, we've got, uh, you know, we had smaller sponsors come on board and we were able to work with them about what they wanted to get out of their involvement in the club and, and hopefully then turn them into bigger partners or bigger sponsors and where they invested in the club. But, uh, you know, it's a two-way street and I think clubs have got to do things for their, for their businesses that they're involved with as well. And you make a good point, the days of... Um just a transaction are just about done. So um, what you can do for them um, will benefit you guys going forward. Yeah, I think it's certainly all about that. People want to get um, you know, bums on seats in their own business or get dollars transacting through there. So whatever you can do for your, for your business or your sponsors uh, is really important. And I think you know, they're the things that you need to sit down and have conversations with uh, people around that. And to give us more insight into partnership versus sponsorship, we're now joined by Simon Derrick from the Richmond Football Club. Thank you very much. Thanks for the opportunity. With your role, mate, um, can you tell us a little bit about working in the AFL at, at the Mighty Tigers? Can you tell us a little bit what you do? So my role, uh, the official title, General Manager, Commercial Operations and Marketing. Um, so effectively that involves looking after areas such as sponsorship and corporates and coteries and fundraising, marketing and brands and events. So um, sort of looking after our own revenue streams and also supporting some of our colleagues in terms of um, uh, supporting the way we present and market the football club. Thanks, Simon. Can you tell us a little bit about the difference, I guess, between the partnerships versus sponsorship and, I guess, also advertising in that realm as well? Yeah, it's a for, look from from our perspective, we operate within a very, um, I guess, a very homogenised world. There's uh, there's plenty of opportunities for for organisations and for brands to attach themselves to all sorts of different um, marketing opportunities. Um, and plenty of other opportunities in terms of sport. So from our perspective, what we're very conscious of doing is trying to tell the story about who we are as a football club, how that sets us aside, you know, probably from many other sports and different football clubs to try and create that point of difference and differentiation. And, um, and the end result of all of that is we're just trying to find a narrative uh, that fits. And what we tend to find is, um, a traditional perspective around sponsorship or advertising is very short-term, um, very you know transactional in nature, if you like. What we're trying to do is try and find there's a nice synergy, uh, maybe a, a similar fit in terms of values. And what we tend to find is if we if we find the fit, we find the narrative that works for both of us. Um, then all of a sudden we find a nice partnership. And what we're trying to do through the lens of a partnership is create sustainable long-term relationships and not, uh, not short-term sort of transactional advertising-based relationships as well, which um, can often just come and go. Is, it, is that where some of the um, local sports clubs would um, make some mistakes? 
Um, I think, uh, no, I was thinking, if anything, I think, you know, it doesn't matter whether you're an AFL football club or whether you're a local, um, a local sporting based organisation. At the end of the day, I, I think the great strength for, uh, for local sports is the fact that they do participate and have great connections within local communities. And, um, and, uh, my, my advice would be that's, um, that's an absolute advantage, uh, to have that sense of connection to communities. I'd be saying that that's actually a really, really positive thing, and um, and and in fact that should be part of the narrative that sporting clubs or associations trade off. Can you step us through, I guess, the process about building a, a partnership? Because I guess you know, as you said, local local clubs have a lot of connection within community, but I think they sometimes lack that um, strategic vision, I guess, to build that into a partnership that's beneficial for the club and for the community. Uh, from our perspective, what we try and do is um, is probably the the first port of call is to, is to do some listening. So um, what we tend to find is uh, our best approach is not to go out to to talk to organisations or, or or key stakeholders about what we can offer, but in fact probably just do some listening. And what we tend to find is the more we listen, the more we understand some of the challenges which are uh, which uh, companies, be it small businesses or larger businesses, are facing but also some of the opportunities that are on the horizon. And more often than not, if we do some listening, um, just by understanding more about what some of those uh, pressure points might be, uh, we often find that there's an opportunity for us to maybe lend some of our support and some of our capabilities to sort of help, um, help them navigate their way through those opportunities or challenges. Yeah, can you give us an example of, of one of your um, um, partnerships that you've developed like that? Um, I think probably, um, I think in the in the early days of uh, on the front of our football jumper is uh, is Jeep, which is part of the Fiat Chrysler Group. Um, Jeep at that particular point in time had a very very short mar- uh, small market share, and um, and they were very keen to use the power of sport and AFL football to sort of develop their brand and put their brand out into the marketplace. Uh, they were keen to associate themselves with a with a, a football club that had that similar values, um, and and the conversations that we had was about sort of uh, continuing to grow our respective businesses, be it a football club or or be it their market share. And I think that's worked really really well over the first four years of the deal. Um, but the reality is now um, their sales figures have, have have gone very very strongly, and so we have to change that that conversation with them. So the best way for us to continue to be relevant. To support their business is not just playing in the, the the brand recognition or driving sales outcomes, but supporting some of the areas of the business which become uh, more important as, as as a partnership matures over the years. From a um, club perspective, what uh, things would you suggest before going out into the marketplace trying to establish partners and sponsors? Uh, what clubs can do within so that they're on the same page and go, "Yep, this is what we want to do," and before going out there. For us, for us, we were uh, we were we were very clear as to to who we were and what we stood for. So we spent time, you know, looking at our um, at our values, looking at our role of a sporting club and what it means to to be an AFL football team, and um, and the journey that we were going to be on for the next few years. And once we got that sense as to who we were and what we stood for. 
that actually helped us shape the conversation in terms of when we were ready to go out and talk to the marketplace. So my, my advice would be just to be very clear on who you are and what your role is in, in sport and what your role is in the community. And once you've got that narrative um, down pat, um, that, that gives you a great opportunity to, to, to shape your engagement to the market um, and uh, because you know who you are and what you stand for. And if you, if you know who you are and what you stand for, it makes it much, much easier to, to try and talk and listen to some of those, um, some of those businesses and see if there's, uh, there's a comfortable fit and a nice alignment in terms of values and, and purpose. And I guess in terms of um, targeting those businesses, do you do you do your research on the businesses that you approach first, um, and make sure that they're they're sort of aligned with what your core business is or your core direction? Yeah, we do. Um, so there's, there's a number of different approaches for that. Obviously, um, we spend a lot of time looking at industry segments. So um, you know, Jeep, uh, for a good example, is uh, in the automotive space. So clearly, that precludes us from partnering with others in that space. So we tend to sort of carve up our opportunities based on market segments, um, which is the sort of products and services particular businesses um, have, and um, and then we try and you know keep an ear to the ground in terms of what we think is happening inside those industries. So brands that are that are making some noise or facing some challenges or entering the market. So we just try and gather as much intelligence as on those industries as we can, and that's how we um, we reach out and take ourselves to market. And when um, you've got maybe a couple of clubs in a small town fighting for the same um, sponsorship or partnership, uh, what are some of the things that you believe could help them stand out against their opposition? Uh, it's a good question. Uh, again, it probably gets back to the, the conversation about know who you are and, and what you stand for and, and know what your purpose or why you exist as a sporting club for. And it's not always about winning games or winning premierships or titles. Um, sometimes the aspiration is to is to connect with communities and, and to be a, a focal point and a, and, a, and a point of interest that the whole community can rally around, be it as fans or supporters or, or be it as actual participants. So I think that the best way, even in our industry, the best way for us to try and differentiate ourselves from, from our competitors is make sure that we're very clear on, on telling our story and we're hoping that, that the narrative, um, the, the willingness to be open and, and listen and, um, and be curious about businesses' needs sets us apart from our competitors. Um, so um, uh, doing some good listening and, and be very clear on the story that you're trying to tell um, is probably the uh, the areas that's going to set you apart from your competitors, and hopefully, all things considered, there's uh, there's funding to go around to uh, to to everybody. And and just um, one of the last questions there is is in terms of um, you know sporting clubs, what what are we what can we offer businesses that that sets us apart from other community organisations and things like that? What what's the value in sport? I guess. Well, I think the um, I mean the Australian landscape's it, it's pretty clear. I mean um, you know there's there's so much fragmentation of of media now, so there's so many competing channels that are that are capturing people's imaginations and and time. People are generally very very busy. Um, you know, we all lead busy lives, and technology means that even when we're at home, we're not always switched off. So the reality is, our, our leisure time is very very scarce. And um, and and I think what you're seeing when you're seeing um, you know media rights deals, the things that tend to stand up strong through um, throughout you know, media is is actually sport and. So I think naturally sport, you know, people gravitate towards sport. It creates a wonderful sense of connection and communities and, and, and shared purpose and, 
And um, so I think there's very, very few things in the in the marketplace that actually kind of gather communities uh, together more so than sport. And it doesn't matter. It's very accessible. It's very um, open and available to everybody. It doesn't matter how old you are or... Um, uh, or what gender you are, you know, sports participation and, and support is um, is absolutely critical. And I think that's why companies, um, um, governments continue to want to invest in sport. It's because it's that ability to, to capture people's interest and imaginations and spend time um, where people are spending their scarce time, and, and that's inevitably around sport. Some fantastic insight where the clubs will get plenty of um, information out of, Simon. Thank you very much for joining us on Between Games and um, having a chat to us. No problem. Thanks for the opportunity. That was some great insight there from uh, Simon. So it was great to have him on board, Chris. And uh, your thoughts on the on the show today? Fantastic show. Plenty of um, advice for sports clubs out there to get on board. And if they're looking for a bit of uh, one-on-one support, they, I encourage them to contact Gibsport. And they can do that via our website at www.gibsport.com.au. Thanks for listening. And we hope you can join us again on the next edition of Between Games. For more information on Between Games, visit www.gipsport.com.au. Between Games is supported by Vic Health and the Department of Health and Human Services. Gipsport, supporting community sport.